What's up, guys? You're listening to The Truth Podcast with Hanya Rambod, and I have a very special guest today coming out from Arlington, Texas. Some people call him the king. Others will call him the big nasty. I call him the goat. Eight-time Mr. Olympia, Ronnie Coleman. Let's get Ronnie on here. What's up, big dog? Can you hear me now? Oh, I can hear you now. There you go. I was testing that uh, microphone. <laughs> oh. Where you at? I'm in my office. I'm in my podcast studio. <laughs> oh, okay. How you doing, brother? That's pretty neat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, man, thank you. I know you're busy. You got a lot of kids. You got your company. You got so many things going on. They'll be screaming in a minute to me to take them somewhere. <laughs> I've been going all day already. You know, if if it ain't nothing to do around here, your wife finds something for you to do. <laughs> that married life, man. It's all well. Don't forget four kids. <laughs> yeah. I actually got five now because my son just moved in yesterday. Wow. So you got a full house, literally. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ronnie, again, man, this is, you know, we hung out so much and we've done so many things in the last 20 years together. And uh, back when we were both single <laughs> and doing a lot, running around the world, doing uh, what we're doing. And I don't think a lot of people realize kind of our relationship and what we've done in, in the last, uh, especially since you were winning Olympia's and then going from there. So, you know, I want to just get the listeners and the viewers to kind of get a little bit of an understanding of not just our relationship, but kind of how everything went from when you turned pro all the way forward, because a lot of people don't realize they all see your success and they go, wow, eight times Sir Olympia, the greatest ever, the king, the goat. But they don't realize you came up from just getting a gym membership Working, you know, getting Brian basically got you, talked you into competing and yeah. people know about that because they've watched Joe Rogan podcast. They've watched, a, you know, a lot of your movies, a lot of the videos, but I think they don't realize that when you first turned pro and you made it to the Olympia stage, where did you place? See, I didn't place. <laughs> My first yeah. Olympia, I didn't even get a call out. Right, 1992. It was the year the Dorian Yates won in Helsinki, Finland. Yep. yep. Helsinki. And, and when you turned pro right before that, you turned pro right before that at the World Championship, correct? Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. And yeah, World Championship in Poland. And you won that World Championship and you get an automatic invite because at the time, that's what was going on. Hey, how are you doing? <laughs> What's your name? Sophie. Sophie, nice to meet you. We got one of Ronnie's many daughters <laughs> jumping in. For those of you that are listening who are not watching the YouTube, um, his daughter is ad absolutely adorable, and she's got some guns on her too. That's some good genetics right there. <laughs> but what I wanted to bring up is the fact that you won the championships, got your pro card, and then how long after that did you jump on the Olympia stage? Uh, see, I won my pro card in uh, November of uh, 91. Did my first pro show May 92, Chicago, placed 11th. 
Then a uh, week after that, uh, I placed 14th the night of champions. So I went to the Olympia, I think it was September that year. Mm-hmm. Probably it was September that year in Helsinki. And you went and you were the only, you're, I think you were the only one that didn't get a call out, right? Uh, I don't know. No, no, no. I think there was another guy there, uh, Jose. Jose Ramos. Jose, I forget his last name. I know, I know his first name was Jose because he had went on the, uh, he had got his pro card at the uh, World Championships too. You know, back then, if you uh, got your pro card at the World Championships, it automatically qualified you for the Olympia next year. Right. And me and him were the only two that got our pro cards there. And me and him <laughs> were the only two that qualified for the Olympia automatically by getting it there. And we were the only two that showed up at the Olympia. And we were the only two that probably didn't get called out. So, so during, and we don't see that anymore. Like when Jim Mannion and, and, and Steve Weinberger and um, Sandy, when they're doing call outs now, everybody gets a call out now. Back then, you were just standing on the side of the stage. Is that what happened? Yep. That was, that was pretty, that's pretty much what happened. You know, we just stood there. <laughs> <laughs> what did you weigh back then? That was 215 back then. 215? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Wow. 15. <laughs> no, I was just, just started bodybuilding, you know. So I, I started bodybuilding. Uh, and I can tell you exactly when. It was December of 1989. Cause I went to Metroflex in November of 1989, and Brian talked me into competing in December. And uh, I did my first amateur show. Uh, see, April 7, 1990. And that was the Texas show. Mm-hmm. Texas, Mr. Texas. You know, it was AAU. That's what they called it back then. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, that was my first amateur show, amateur show. So between that and, you know, my first Olympia was only like two years. And I was only almost, what, you know, two years in the bodybuilding. But I've been working out all my life. You know, I started working out when I was like 12. Started powerlifting when I was uh, 15, uh, somewhere in there, 14, 15. I joined the powerlifting team, at, at, you know, in, out of high school, right out of high school, right in high school. And uh, I powerlifted for about three, four years, you know, competitively. I didn't do that good, but, you know, uh, I still built up a real good base, mm-hmm. which allowed me to, you know, be able to turn pro in, what, like a year and a half, somewhere now, almost two years, and uh, competing my first Olympia, you know, in almost two years. Well, when you uh, did that. I didn't do that. <laughs> I mean, obviously, very few people were able to get to that level that quickly. Exactly. <laughs> like it, I said, uh, because that big base up, you know, I was already established as far as you know training and all that kind of stuff goes. You know, you know, all I did was like switch from being a powerlifter to a bodybuilder, and the only change was you know doing more reps. You know, I, I trained you know every day as a powerlifter. So I just went from doing, you know, uh, what, we did four reps, six reps, two reps, something like that, two, four, six, the power Mm -hmm. lifter, maybe two or three sets, 
And then uh, bodybuilding, you know, was 10, 15, 20, 25, something like that. And who taught you that? Was that Brian? That was the only yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, it worked, <laughs> worked real good. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, you, can't, you can't argue with those results. But I guess my, my thing is that when you were doing that, again, going back to your natural strength, because I remember seeing pictures of you back in high school and you already had arms. Before you even started working out and doing weights, did you were you already big, or was it something that the minute I had twenty two inch arms uh, when I went to Metroflex because a guy in college had weight, uh, measured them one time. <clears throat> one of my instructors that measured them because he had a bet with me, you know that my arms were twenty two, and I'm like, no way, dude! You know twenty two inch arms. He's like, okay, I'll bet you. I forgot what it was, but he took out his tape measure and measured them, and it was twenty two inches. It was like my last year college. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that well, was I already had you know, real big muscles, kinda like, you know, when I was mid match flex. Well, and I know when you were at your peak, you were, you know, twenty four to twenty five. I mean, you were like around twenty four, twenty five inches. Yeah, yeah, I remember Linda Murray had uh, measured them one time on stage and they were twenty four. Yeah. Yeah, all of 24. But I remember one time we measured them. Somebody, I think we were messing around. We were on the cruise. And a lot of people don't know, and we'll get to that, that we'd go on the cruises together. And yeah. you would get up to 300, 310, um, right around you know the end of December, January. We would go out on Caribbean cruise. And you your arms would get close to almost 25 inches, 24 and a half, 25 because everybody would try to hang from your arms. <laughs> the whole staff would try to come over and line up at the middle, uh, midnight buffet. But going back on this thing, when you are training and getting ready for these shows as a amateur and you're going through it, did you, when, what, how many years into your bodybuilding career did you start on the police force? No, no, no. actually they, they started almost the same time. No, no. About a year later. About a year later. So I got my, I went through training. <clears throat> I went through, uh, uh, see, we had uh, three months of uh, college. It was a school called TCJC. We had our basic training. Then I had another three months of uh, in-depth training for the uh, city uh, at, at the city academy right here in Arlington. And then I went for another three months of training on the street with a training officer. And then uh, probably about, a, uh, about a, another month or so later, I was cut loose by myself. So I had uh, some see from March until November is uh, when I went to uh, Metroflex. So uh, I was almost, uh, almost like maybe nine, 10 months in uh, working for the police department. And then I started bodybuilding. Right. And you, a lot so of- I didn't start at the same time, you know. I didn't start bodybuilding until I finished my training with the police department. Yeah. And a lot of people don't, didn't believe that you actually got your college degree. I remember the whole thing with the bet I had with Lonnie Teeper and that you didn't get your degree in accounting. And not only did you 
finish and get your degree, your bachelor's degree in accounting from Grambling. You played football while doing that and you graduated cum laude. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what's crazy about that. And, and that's like with honors. So when you did that, you couldn't get a job, right? Wasn't that the situation? Because I remember the, the story. Talk about the story about how you couldn't get your job after that. Because yeah, it's very what happened was uh, everywhere I went, you know, they want you to have experience. And I, you know, I, I, I can't get no experience or get no job. So I, uh, I, I immediately took a job at Domino's Pizza because they were hiring. And I had a condo coming up real soon. So I needed, I needed to work bad. So I said, I'll, I'll work for Domino's and I'll just uh, still apply at all these, you know, big eight, big 10 firms here. So that's what I did. Uh, the whole time I was working for Domino's, which is about two years, I was looking for jobs every week uh, in, the, in, the, in the newspaper. And I went on a lot of interviews. Like I would probably did like two or three a month sometimes for about almost two years. And, you know, after a while. <laughs> so what'd you do for work during that time? I worked full time at Domino's actually. Yeah. So I was working full time at Domino's. What about the paper route? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's, that's another story. Uh, I had so much trouble trying to pay all my bills because I had rent, you know, car note, insurance, all this stuff. And working at Domino's, you know, <laughs> that ain't going to cut it. <laughs> so I had to get another job. And a buddy of mine who worked for Domino's said, hey, I got this paper out and I need some help. I'm like, well, I need some money. So <laughs> I'm your help. <laughs> so he gave me a couple of days of his paper out. So I, I would get off of work at Domino's at three in the morning, go straight to my paper out and, you know, put them in bags and, and just throw them for you know, that's probably like two, three hours, something like that. How, depending on how many paper we had for that day. Were you on a bicycle or were you walking? No, I was in a car. <laughs> yeah. It's like three in the morning. I'm just driving all over the city of uh, Dallas, you know. You know, Dallas is pretty big. It's you huge. You don't do that on a bicycle. <laughs> I mean, you could, <laughs> but it, it take you all morning, you know. So at the time you graduated already college, and you're in your, you've got to be like, what, 22, 23 at the time? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So you're 22, 23 at the time. You're not a police officer yet because you haven't even gone down that road. You're working, doing a, basically a paper route while working full time at Domino's Pizza. Yeah. And and trading those guys at Taco Bell for the Domino's Pizza. Yeah, that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> What happened was I ate pizza every single day because I worked six, seven days a week at Domino's. You know, it's, it's hard work when, you know, when you, you know, delivering pizzas and stuff. And uh, so I would, I, would, I would eat pizza because I couldn't afford to buy food. That's why I got, you know, the second job. So I would eat pizza every single day. Well, after like a year and a half or so of eating pizza, you pretty much can't take it no more. So I, I lived in a food, there was like a food court around me. Like they had Taco Bell, Kentucky Fried Chicken, Burger King, all these restaurants. So I would call, you know, Taco Bell or Burger King or whoever was, you know, whoever was open and whoever I felt like eating at the time and say, hey, y'all tired of eating chicken? <laughs> and they were like, yeah. <laughs> like I want to trade chicken for pizza? They'd be like, yeah. 
So I would trade, you know, pizza for, for chicken. When I got tired of chicken, you know, I did the same thing at Taco Bell, and I got tired of them, and I'll go Burger King. So, yeah, so that's that story. <laughs> well, you got to be innovative because, you know, um, it's one of those things where I know you were trying to pay off debt, you know, I guess, did you have student loans when you, when you, when you got out? No, I had student loans. I had like $10,000 worth of student loans. I didn't have a scholarship, you know, uh, like most of those guys did, uh, that I played on the team with. Cause I kind of like walked on the, I walked on the team and started, you know, and I still didn't get a scholarship. I just, I just, cause because I had, you know, grants and, uh, you know, I had Pell grants. Then I had to just make up for it and just get a little money from my student loan. I had to borrow that much money, but back then in those days, we had grants from the government because mm-hmm. if you lived in a low-income family, then the government paid most of your uh, college education. So I didn't even worry about the scholarship. So since I was getting that grant, you know, and I, then I had to borrow a little bit of money from for my for my you know for for finish up paying for my education by getting that money from that student loan. So uh, you were able to do that. that. <laughs> and then when you didn't get the accounting job, again, you just decided somebody, I think it was somebody that basically told you about the positions that were opening for hiring for police officers, right? No, I'm going to tell you what happened. Every, <laughs> every week I would get the uh, Sunday paper and they had this big old classified ads for jobs. And the police department had the biggest one there. I mean, it'd be like almost half the page, uh, most of the page anyway. And they were always hiring. They always said no experience needed. You know, when I first saw that, you know, the, going into it, you know, like the first year of uh, looking for a job in account, I'm like, oh, hell no. I ain't never worked with no police department. But the more <laughs> time went by, and the more rejections I got, you know, about a year and a half into it, I'm like, man, that, that police ball is starting to look pretty good. <laughs> and then one day, out of the blue, a buddy of mine who had worked at Domino's was like, man, you need to, you need to try to get on with the police department. They hiring, they hiring officers everywhere, you know, in, in this city, in these cities here. I'm like, yeah, I, I, might, I might need to do that because I ain't getting nowhere with this you know, accounting thing, you know, all they wanted to, you to have some kind of, you know, experience or something. And that's what I did, you know, after like almost two years of working with Domino's, I finally gave up on uh, trying to find a job in accounting because I went on so many interviews, you know, because, you know, my degree <laughs> and the fact that I graduated with honors, you know, uh, that got me in the door. As soon as they saw a big old black guy walking down <laughs> in that big old suit <laughs> with them big shoulders and them big arms, they're like, oh, no. <laughs> they're, they're waiting for a nerd. They're, yeah, they're like, looking for a nerd. They're looking for a nerd with some glasses. Yeah, they ain't looking for nobody like me. But uh, I, I, I finally gave up, you know, after, like, almost, like I said, almost two years of uh, wow. going to all those interviews and getting turned down on every last one of them. So I gave up and started applying for the police department. (laughs) And you applied for that, and that obviously worked out right away. Well, initially it didn't really, because I couldn't pass that test. That test was a little bit harder than I thought it was going to be. 
the first one I failed in the, by like a two or three points or something. Was that the physical test or was it the written test? Written test. Written test. Yeah, you got to take the written test first and then they give you a physical agility test. <clears throat> but uh, the first one I failed by a couple points. So I didn't even get a chance to take the uh, physical test. <clears throat> and then the second one, man, I, I don't know where, why and where it came from, but in the middle of taking the test, I had to go to the bathroom. And the guy said, hey, if you walk out of here, you can't walk back in. I'm like, well, look like I'm going to be, be walking out of here because I ain't about to pee right here on myself. <laughs> so I walked out, went to the bathroom, and went home. <laughs> And the third one was Arlington. And, of course, you know, I passed that one with flying colors and passed the physical agility flying colors and, you know, got hired on. And then the whole time while you were over there, you were competing. And that's obviously when you were starting to come up and you eventually won the Olympia while you were still an officer, at least the first couple of Olympias, right? Yeah, the first, like, three, I think. Yeah, that's when you did the video with Mitts and – you had to wear the customized bulletproof vest, the whole nine yards. Everything was customized. <laughs> my shirt, my pants, my vest, everything. Hey, why don't you tell everybody about the store? City provided everything. Well, let me ask you this. You had customized, I remember those shorts, because, you know, it would get really hot, and you guys got to wear the shorts. Did you ever have to, did you ever have to do bike patrol? No, no, I didn't like bike patrol. <laughs> I do not like bike patrol. You got to ride that bike all day. No, nah, I ain't into that. I'm I'm in the ride, riding around in that air conditioned car. Cause in the summertime it's hot in Texas, and I ain't out there trying to ride no bike with that vest on too. Cause you you, you know it's a hundred and like ten sometimes here, and you got a vest on, you can add another ten degrees to that. Well, that what did you vest do? Is super hot. So when you handed up getting ready for your shows, did they give you a hard time about having to get your meals every two or three hours or did they just kind of leave you alone on that? No, they never gave me a hard time about meals or nothing because I, you know, I'll just take a break. It only takes 10 minutes to eat a meal, you know, and it's only just like, you know, some chicken and some rice or uh, chicken and a small potato. And, you know, it only takes like what, 10, 15, 10 minutes at most to eat that. <laughs> well, that's for, that's because that's you. I sit in my car before I went on duty and then would eat, you know, uh -huh. uh, you know, I go to the station, you know, check in, you know, get my keys of my car and all that and go sit in my car and uh, load up all my equipment. After I get all my equipment loaded up, I eat my, eat my like my third meal and hit the road. <laughs> well, just being, like that. Being you know, that I know, minutes, you know, <laughs> being that I know some of the stories, when you used to have to use the bathroom, let's talk about the time where you had to use the bathroom one time and you had to, yeah, and you you had to like find a place and you couldn't, yeah. what happened with that situation? And the lady, the, the lady was kind of coming out of her house. <laughs> yeah. Shoot, I, man, I had so many times where I had to go to the bathroom and, uh, ain't no bathroom out there on, on the, uh, on the roads. So you might just have to pull over to the side of the road and uh, next thing you know, you peeing and somebody walking out their house, but you know, <laughs> you watching your surroundings. So they don't really know what you're doing anyway. They ain't expecting that anyway. So 
Yeah, I, I probably got caught a couple times like that. <laughs> What'd you tell the lady when you got caught when you were out in the bushes peeing in her bushes, oh, I man? Said, you know, I thought did somebody call nine one one or something like that? She's like, no, no, <laughs> there's nothing going on here. <laughs> you know, you think fast when you're on your feet sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I can, I can, I can just picture it now. Hey, uh, lady, get back in the house. I'm looking around for some intruders. <laughs> yeah, man, it is. It's rough out there. So that whole t- that whole time, Ron, let me you're you're the whole time you were getting ready for the shows, working around the schedule, eating again. Uh, people who get ready for shows know that most people aren't like you. They can't eat in ten minutes. It takes them a while to eat. You know, eight ounces of protein and eating a you know a potato or eating some rice. It takes sometimes a half an hour for a regular human being to have a meal. But you can sit down like in the car and we've all seen you do it in all the videos where you have, you know, a can of tuna sitting on your, on your vest and you're sitting there just shoveling it in your mouth, getting, getting the tuna in there. Yeah. 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 And I'm sure it takes me 10 minutes, a good 10 minutes to eat my every meal. <laughs> That's awesome. Problem at all. <laughs> did you ever, did you ever have to eat it out of those tuna cans? Like we all did in the very beginning. Yeah. Yeah, I, I started eating out of tuna can when I first started, you know, working for the police department. So, yeah, I just opened my little can, you know, pop top, and eat right there in the car. That only took like five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> those those cans are small. Yeah, those cans are real small. Special. So going into the, you know, what's going on right now, um, congratulations on going on Rogan. That was awesome, you know, getting to see you on there. That was now, a lot of fun, too. Yeah, how is he? How is he? Coolest guy you ever want to meet. Just a normal guy. Real, real, real nice guy. Real helpful guy, too, you know. He gave yeah. me some information about some doctors I could talk to about, you know, getting my back fixed up. Yeah, we so. Called we called the doctor right then and there. The stem cell guy, right? Uh, You know what? I didn't get a chance to go see the guy yet because I've been so busy with all this other stuff, you know, I got going on. Mm-hmm. So, uh. Um, I got so many people hooking up, hooking me up with so many different people, man. It's kind of hard to keep up with it all sometimes. <laughs> How you feeling right now? Two or three people want me to do stem cells and stuff, so that's what he said. Yeah, so I'm I'm gonna probably in the next week here, or so I'm gonna try try that for the first time. How you feeling right now, man? I know that you know you're still going through some pain. Yeah, yeah, I'm still, I'm still, you know, I got a herniated disc. In my upper back, that's you know real painful, and then I got this uh, bone on bone, bone on bone in my lower back that's real painful. But I'm, I'm handling it pretty good. My doctor got me on you know good pain medicine and stuff, and we're monitoring it. And uh, he's saying that you know once we be able to get this uh, stem cell stuff going, that should you know knock a lot of it out the box, and should be real helpful for me. Well, I know when we spoke after one of your last surgeries, you were in so much pain. I think you talked to, you told me that you told them to knock you back out again. Yeah, yeah. I was in so much pain, I couldn't breathe. When you're in so much pain, you can't breathe. I mean, that that's you can't describe the level of pain you're in. It's just so painful that you can't catch your breath. And uh, I was like, hey, y'all, y'all got to put me back under because I cannot take this. And that's what they did. 
So put me back under. And, uh, you know, they, it's just a shot that they give you that knocks you out. And uh, I woke up again, and I felt a whole lot better. But I was still in a lot of pain. I was in a lot of pain still, but they took me to my room, and they were able to hook me up to the uh, IV pain, you know. Uh, IV drip? Pump. Pain pump, yeah, the drip. And then uh, after about an hour or so, you know, it started going down a little bit more. So but, uh, <laughs> it, was, it was painful, real painful. Do you think that when you look back, you know, we all know that you don't have any regrets, right? Oh, no, no, regrets. no, no. I don't know. If I, could, if I had this to do all over again, I'd do it the exact same way. Wouldn't, I wouldn't change a thing. If you even told me I was going to be paralyzed, I still wouldn't change a thing. Because I am paralyzed pretty much. <laughs> you know, as me, I still ain't been able to walk in, what, five, five years now? Since 2016. And I think it's getting worse, right? Getting worse by the day. My feet are totally numb. Uh, my right one is. My left one is halfway totally numb. So I, I got I got a little feeling in my left one, but my right one is it's always all the way numb. You know, I, I can still drive. You know, I so I can still feel it a little bit, but uh, for the most part, it's it's pretty bad. Are you still driving the Rolls? Oh, and well, you know, you got a Rolls Royce. You don't drive it every day. I haven't driven the Rolls Royce in probably about three months now. Why is that? Because uh, I got an Escalade that's real big. My wife got an Escalade that's real big. And both of our Escalades sit in front of the garage. And in order for me to drive the uh, Rolls, I got to move one of those Escalades. And as soon as you get in that Escalade, you don't want to get out sometimes. <laughs> well, I never do. So, you know, it's, it's just so comfortable. And just to move it out of the way, just to drive another car, uh, <clears throat> it takes a special occasion for that. <laughs> so wow. I didn't have no real special occasion to drive it lately. So I just been letting it sit up. You know, I've had it for four years now. And, uh, you know, you you're real excited when you first get it, of course, and you drive it all the time. And then after you had it a while, you kind of like, okay, it's still nice. <laughs> I still want to drive it sometimes, but not all the time. I'm quite sure if it, you know, if it if if it wasn't being blocked like it is, I I drive it a lot more. It's just the fact that you know, it seems like every time I'm getting ready to hit the road to do something. I'm in a hurry. <laughs> and to be out there trying to move one car to get to another one, eh, I ain't got that time. They ain't got that kind of time. So I've been thinking, man, when is the next time I'm going to drive that car again? And I just really don't know. Because if it ain't one thing, it's another. I wanted to drive it one day this week. It's been raining nonstop here for the last two weeks straight. Wow. Wow, you could send some of that rain to us in California. Man, yeah. I'm, you know, I ain't going to lie to you. I'm, I'm kind of glad it's raining a lot because we didn't get rain for like two or three weeks here. And you know how how, how bad that is. That's, yeah. that's murder on the grass and stuff here. You know, I got a sprinkler system, but, you know, <clears throat> it's still kind of bad. Your house shifts 
all kind of ways and stuff. I've been living in the same house for twenty, almost twenty five years. I'm quite sure you have too. Mm-hmm. You so you know you know what I'm talking about. And so, you know, my some of the doors, you know, on the house won't even open because the house is shifting. I'm like, man, need to get this house to shift back the other way. So after a while, you know, it'll shift back and the door be able to open. But it, it's just a pain when it when it don't rain, though. You know, it kind of messes everything up. You don't you don't still have that pool, uh, pool table up uh, over the stairs, do you? No, I sold it to Gus. He wanted. He wanted it so bad. He had to have it. So I'm like, and Susan couldn't wait to get rid of it. <laughs> so I sold it to him and he, he's had it ever since. You know, I sold it to him like a couple hundred dollars. You know, I bought it like I paid fifteen hundred dollars for it when I bought uh-huh. it brand new. But uh he wanted it so bad, so I just sold it to him since Susan didn't really want it in the house and I I didn't play it no more. I didn't get on it no more after a while. You know, I used to, when you first get something, you know, you own it all the time. And then after a while, you know, it gets kind of old. So you just don't mess with it no more. Just like when I had that Hummer, you remember? Yeah. And I won that Hummer for the Arnold. You know, when I first Each bought one. it, man, I used to be in it all the time. You think you drove it a couple times. A, a couple times? I used to drive it every day <laughs> when I was there. Yeah, because I, I didn't drive it. I never drove it. So after I've had it for like nine years or so, nine, ten years, you know, I, I didn't drive it no more. I quit driving it. And so I just finally sold the thing, you know. And I, I guess the same thing with that pool table, you know. <clears throat> after a while, it got old and you just don't feel like messing with it no more. Well, if it makes you feel any better, remember how I ended up buying a pool table because you had a pool table? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, my, my wife got, got me to get rid of mine just like Suzanne got me here. <laughs> She got rid. She was like, "You need to get rid of this thing." Hey, I know exactly how she feel. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but that. Speaking of the cars, man, Rolls Royce, the H one. You won the H one in the two thousand and one Arnold Classic. This is back when they were still giving out cars, and then they were giving out the H ones because then they eventually went to the H two and the H threes or whatever else they started giving away. Then later they didn't give out. You got like maybe a watch or maybe a jacket, (laughs) but you got the H one in Oh one. And you were the only Mr. Olympia to actually do an act, you know, while you're reigning Mr. Olympia to do an Arnold classic. And I think the main thing, what was the main reason why you did the Arnold while being Mr. Olympia? Because everybody knows that once you win the Mr. Olympia, you don't do any other shows. Yeah, you know, the only reason why I did the Arnold is because uh, Mr. Lorman called me and told me they were giving away a Hummer. And I've all, I had always wanted one. And I'm like, man, I, I am not passing up this opportunity to win this Hummer, so I'm doing the Arnold this year. But <laughs> I have been asked to do it a couple times before, and I turned it down. But this time I didn't. Yeah, well, you got the you got the hundred thousand. I think it was like a hundred thousand dollar check, and then I think it was also the Hummer. And then I remember when you got the Hummer paperwork to fill out you started checking off all these boxes because you got a bunch of extra stuff done to it. And I remember you got all, every option on that thing. Yeah. I, you know what? I ended up, because the one that they gave me the, the money for was 106000 But it was like a truck. 
Right. And when I got to the lot, they 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 showed me what what you know what Arnold had paid for. I'm like, well, how much is one sitting next to it? Because that ain't no truck. That's like a wagon or something. He said, oh, that one's like eight thousand dollars more. I'm like, well, I want that one. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like one twelve or one fifteen, something like that. Yep. I like, uh, I can write you a check for that. <laughs> and that's that's I one that. I took. You know, I took the I took the uh, wagon. Yeah. Was, uh, you know, it was a lot nicer looking, and uh, I, I liked the the ride a lot, whole lot better on that one. Yeah, so I, yep. I took that one. Yeah, and then I remember you got the customized seats because whenever I'd come to to your house and stay with you, we would train, and then you we would go somewhere, or I'd had to go somewhere, and you say, "Hey, take the H one because you like to drive the Escalade," and then you'd always give me the H one, and. You had all the inside completely customized. You had that amazing stereo system in there. That whole system was awesome. And then you had, uh, what was on the license plate? Humron? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It was school bus yellow. And uh, it was that, was that was a badass truck. That was a badass truck. And then remember, uh, I think you ended up putting 28-inch wheels on it. Yes. Yes. Yeah, you're you're a really bad bad influence because <laughs> again, I came out there and uh you said, "Hey, let's go over to the dealership to pick up uh to go to the wheel shop because I'm getting wheels on the Hummer." And I drove your Charger because you had a Charger SRT8. And and you're like, "Hey, drive, drive, you know, let's go. You drive, check out the car. It's really cool." So right after I drive the Charger, I went home and bought one. <laughs> Right after I drive your, I drove yours, and you had these wheels that would look like wagon wheels that you put on that H one, and uh, and there was like I think like every rapper in the South was wishing that they had that <laughs> that H one wheels were real real nice. <laughs> yeah, they were. Yeah, well, and and you know, you're a car aficionado. I mean, dude, you had um, God, you had a. Uh, what'd you have? You had a Viper before you had a Viper truck. You have all the bikes. Yep. That's a Dodge Ram with a, with a Viper motor. Yeah. Yeah. I had the Dodge Ram Viper truck too. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I've had, a, I had quite a few. I had the S 55 AMG S 500. Oh, what else? Was you you talking that Bentley? I think didn't didn't I go riding with you when I when I, when I went came to California and you went to the dealership and then they got me to test drive that thing. Yeah. And I went. I was going around a curve and the guy said punch it. I'm like punch it in the curve. So I did. And man, that thing went zoom. I like. Oh man, I ain't never seen a car do nothing like this before. I'm getting one of these. <laughs> I thought we were going to die, bro. I was in the back seat of that car and I thought we were going to die. We went to the Las Gatas Bentley. Yeah. And, and you're like, I th you went around the turn and you punched it. <laughs> but the guy told me to, and I'm like, okay. I a curve. Okay. And man, I punched that thing and it, it, it held that curve like it was a straightaway. And I had never drove a car, a car that did that before, you know, it, it didn't sway or nothing. And I'm like, oh man, this this is a nice car. It was driven, and I went home and bought one. Yeah, and you all remember because that? All that, because that of that. One test drive. One test drive. Yeah. That you had me, had me to do. 
who they got. And I had I not ever drove it, you know, I would never bought it. Well, you also don't forget the reason why you bought that car was because it was a gift to yourself because you just signed the biggest deal in bodybuilding. Right. Yeah. I had uh, signed a uh, contract with BSN that you had got, you had talked to me too. <laughs> and, uh, and cause I didn't believe that, that they could pay that much, you know, the contract was like 500,000 or something. I'm like, well, how about y'all give me like a hundred thousand front for a signing bonus? Because I don't believe y'all can afford, afford no contract like this, you know, because we did I was just getting ready to sign for Weeder for like 300 or something, you know, and yep. they doubled it all almost pretty much. And they gave it to me, and uh, I took it right up to that uh, Bentley dealership <laughs> and put a down payment on that car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember you heard a lot of feelings with that contract. down on that car. Man. Well, you ended up... And you ended up coming a month car note. <laughs> What's that? I said I put that whole hundred thousand dollar down on that car and still had a twenty five hundred dollar a month car note. <laughs> Did you? I thought it was a. I thought you ended up paying a. Uh, I think you ended up paying that car off eventually too. I think you. Well, up- yeah. After six years, I think I think I financed for six years, five or six, and yeah, I paid it off and I kept it for another couple of years and sold it. How'd you like that car? Huh? Did you like that car? Best car ever. Second best car ever. First car ever. Best car ever is uh, Rolls Royce. Rolls Royce. Yeah. Car can get better than a Bentley until I drove that one. <laughs> well, the, the Bentley's a little bit more sporty, where the Rolls Royce is more luxury. It's a more luxurious ride. Yeah, yeah, and smooth. The smoothest car you want to ever drive in your life. Hey, do you remember when we got back from the test drive, uh, the Bentley, what happened with the NO, with your pre-workout when you, with the NO explode on the back bumper of that car? Yeah, I think I shook it up and it exploded, didn't it? I forgot all about that. Yeah, yeah, I remember now. But I didn't know it it did that, you know, because I was used to just drinking it, drinking a drink with, you know. With a spoon earn it or something and this time I uh, decided that uh, I was going to shake it up and I shook it up and it exploded everywhere on that car <laughs> well, we just got back from the dealership test drive and I get out and Ronnie says hey man don't tell the sales guy to come back here behind the car I'm like why he's like I'll tell you later I'll tell you later and I was, so I'm like okay great <laughs> and you had said that you were mixing it up because we were going to go train legs at Gold's in Campbell here in, in Campbell. We were going to go train and you turned around and you shook that thing up and then I, it exploded all over. And then you told me, Hey man, keep the guy away from the back of the car. And then I went and told the detail guy that worked there. I said, Hey man, you need to go clean up the back of that car. It was on the inside. It was just on the outside, but, but it was, it went everywhere. It was, yep, you did. Oh, that was hilarious. Well, and then we ended up, what was cool is that you were able to kind of put that as a, um, kind of like a, a, a prize to yourself, but then you ended up getting your mom a new car and you had her a new house. Brand new house. Uh, then, uh, I bought a brand new, uh, Lexus. I think it was back then it was a Lexus three. 60 or something. 
You know, so they, they change the numbers every year. Right. So the last one I bought was a 460 or something like that. And I think they all the way up to 500 now, you know. But, yeah, uh, yeah, she's happy. Yeah, I, I bought my mom a brand new house and a brand new car. <laughs> That's awesome. And you told me you were going to haunt. I said, are you going to get a new house, Ronnie? And what did you tell me when I asked you if you're going to get a new house? <laughs> no. <laughs> you said, you said, you said they're going to bury me in this house. <laughs> yeah, man. Shoot. I can, I couldn't picture myself moving out of here, moving all this stuff. I got that gym and you know, when I first, when they moved that stuff in here, they, uh, they brought it in with this special equipment, you know, and just to try to move all that stuff out in a 200 pound dumbbell. Oh man. I'm hundred. 90 pounds, 180 pounds. I mean, it, it takes a year to move all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, but now you're lucky you have it because you have your own gym. Well, now the good thing is you, with COVID and the situation that's going on, you have your own gym, which is great because you have the ability to actually train. But I do see you still go to Metroflex now. You're back in there too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I still go to Metroflex and train. But, you know, I, that's the why I bought that gym, you know, because – Sometimes you don't really feel like going to the gym. And then, because uh, uh, after me winning all those Olympias, you know, every time I go to the gym, somebody would be up there wanting me to take pictures with them and all that. And I'm trying to get ready for the Olympia. I'm like, man, I got time for all of this. So, uh, you know, after I built the gym here, instead of me going to Metroflex, I would just train here for the Olympia. So I wouldn't be bothered, you know. And take me a lot less time. <laughs> right, we'll time on gas, time on everything. Yeah, and you like to train late, anyways. And that was also. Yeah, well, back in old days, you know, I trained around about two, three in the afternoon, and then my cardio, my first cardio session was eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock in, in the morning time, and my last session would be like one, two in the in the morning. Yeah, so you would have the ability to be able to do that. And going going back to the competitive nature, because, I mean, you know, I wanted to talk to you about that. What do you think was your toughest Olympia? I mean, a lot of people would say Jay in 01, that, that was the closest? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was the closest one, and that was the toughest one, too. I just did the Arnold Classic. And, you know, I, I didn't know at this time that the body only peaked once a year because I was just doing uh, Olympia every year. And, you know, I, I ain't had no reason to, <laughs> to know that the body would only just peak once a year. Well, in 2001, when I did the Arnold Classic, I peaked there. Because that was my, they said that was some of the best condition I had ever had in my whole entire competitive career. So when I got ready for the Olympia, you know, I started noticing that my body wasn't coming in the way that I wanted it to come in, you know. You know, I didn't get as hard as I wanted to at a certain point. And then, then when I did start getting hard, you know, getting hard, it was hard for me to, like, I was trying to do, like, two hours of cardio a day. Well, about 45 minutes into it, I'm exhausted. I can't, you know, I can't even go anymore. <laughs> so what I would do is just – hold on for the last 15 minutes and, and finish up like that. You know, I never had that problem before where I just had to f hold on and couldn't finish it. So when I get to the show, they have me doing all this, you know, media work. 
You know, they had me going to do a radio interview, had to do some TV interviews, had to do some photo shoots for some people. And man, I'm I'm exhausted. I'm already, you know, tired from trying to get my body to, to peak like twice a year. So I did all this, you know, all this uh all these interviews, all these photo shoots and all this stuff. By the time it came for me to do the show, I'm 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 totally exhausted to the point to that I can't even get out of bed that morning for the show. So I called Chad and I'm like, look, Chad, dude, I, I feel like I'm about to die. I'm exhausted. I can't get out of bed. I'm going to the hospital. <laughs> He's like, no, no, man, I'm gonna do that. You don't work too hard, yep. you know, to do something like that, you know. He said, all you gotta do is just grab a gallon of water and just chug as much of it as you can. So that's what I did. I grabbed a gallon of water. And I pretty much drank the whole thing. No, you drank the whole thing because I was there when you drank it. I was there with Alti. Yep. You know, uh, <laughs> I'm holding water. Mm-hmm. So, uh, man, I got to do the show anyway. Because, uh, you know, <laughs> at least at least I'm able to get out of bed now and do something. Whereas before, I, you know, I didn't even have the energy to do that. But after I drank that water, you know, I felt a whole, like, 100% better. I get you out remember? of bed, I have my energy back and everything, but I, I was holding water. You know, you can't get water, rid of water, a gallon of it that quick, you know, because the, the morning show was like maybe two hours away. Right. So back then, guys, just to just to give you guys clarity into the story, what the Olympia used to be is all in one day. So the morning prejudging was around 11 a.m. noon. Then the night show was seven hours, eight hours later. Eight o'clock, nine o'clock would be the night show. Ronnie's, uh, put things in context, uh, Ronnie's uh, girlfriend at the time, Alti Batista, IFBB Pro, I was training her. So she, she had called me trying to get a hold of Chad and said, can you come by? Ronnie fell in the bathtub. Uh, she was, you, know that, that was, you know what? Wait a minute. That was the night before. Oh, okay. She was putting on my protein and I fainted. That's right. I left that part out. Yeah, I left that part out. It was the night before. I was, she was putting on my protein in the bath, in the bathroom. Right. And then, of course, the bathtub was right behind us. So we were sitting. We was, I was standing right in front of the bathtub, you know. And somewhere along the way, while she put my protein on, I fainted and I fell backwards into the bathtub. Yes. I yep. think that's what she called you. Yes, she called me. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was there. Yeah. I had been, you know, I had been doing all those uh, interviews, you know, photos and all that kind of stuff leading up to it. And man, I was just out of it the night before. Yes. Yeah. That's why you I couldn't get exhausted. out of bed the next morning. Yeah, I couldn't get out of bed the next morning. I was totally exhausted. Yeah. You know, I was just yeah. I was just exhausted that night. But the next morning, I was totally exhausted. Where I couldn't even get out of bed. I was so tired. Yep. Yep. You hadn't slept in days because they had you in your room. Every time I'd, I'd go by, they were doing video shoots literally all day long and interviews. And I think, uh, I think uh, Joe was still alive back then. And I think they were doing it for, they were doing it for Joe Weider. And 
So I couldn't turn it down because, you know, I was under contract for all this stuff. And I couldn't just turn down the interviews either because, like I said, I was on the contract for Wheeler and the, 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 the Olympia was called what? <laughs> Joe Wheeler's Olympia. So I had to do it for Joe Wheeler because he had me under this more time. Uh, uh, well, I signed for six years with him. Yes. Multi-year contract, you know, six-year contract. So, you know, I, I had to do all this stuff. I couldn't turn it down. Yeah. And when the next day when you didn't get up, then again, Alti called me uh, trying and then was trying to get a hold of Chad. And then when you got on the phone with Chad, yes. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I, that, that was the scary thing I've been through right there. It, that was, was the hardest Olympia ever. Because I went from not going to do it to doing it. When I yeah. say I wasn't going to do it, uh, I was, I, I didn't care. Because <laughs> I actually felt like I was dying. I don't know if anybody else has ever been exhausted before, but that's what it feels like. <laughs> I used to hear people say that, and I'm like, they was exhausted. What, what, what does that mean? <laughs> How they feel like they're dying, they're exhausted. Until it happened to you. <laughs> That's when you you realize how bad it feels. Well, I like I said, I was there and I saw you get off the phone with Chad, and then what you did was you got a gallon of water, you opened it up, and you literally drank it like it was a cup of coffee or a cup of like like if it was like a little twelve ounce water, you drank the whole thing, and literally start you came alive, and then. You sat, you had to, you had people outside the front door of your room because that was back when it was at the Mandalay Bay and you had them having to walk you down to the backstage. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> but it was a long walk from that, you know, your room to that stage. And they were waiting and you just finished your water. And, you know, most people are, you know, you're sipping water, you, you've cut your water way back and he just got done drinking a whole gallon of water all every last drop of it in literally like 30 seconds, you know, you had just drank all that water. And then it was close during prejudging because prejudging was literally two hours later. You got, you and Jay were battling it out and Jake. No, I lost the prejudging. Right. Prejudging that year. Yeah. Right. I think he was ahead by one point going into the night show. That's right. And then, That's right. Uh, and I, I think I came back at the night show. You did. You did. You came back drier at the night show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So after the show, man, I think we hit so many directs. I don't know how many we did. <laughs> and I, I think I, I know I lost. I lost that whole gallon of water <laughs> between the, the uh, <clears throat> break, you know, that we had from the morning show to the night show. From all those diuretics, you, you know, Chad never told tell you what he giving you. He just put powder in a uh, in a cup and say, "Drink this." I'm like, "Okay, okay." <laughs> to this day, I still don't know what it was. I'm I'm just guessing it it had some type of diuretic too because he never told me. But I know it worked like magic. <laughs> How many minutes afterwards would you start peeing? Man, like 10, 15 minutes afterwards. And you go every 15, 20 minutes to the bathroom for like two, three hours straight. Yeah, you you definitely dried out. That's a lot of peeing, yeah. That's a lot of going to the bathroom. <laughs> a whole lot. 
<laughs> and then that night, that's what we had to do, you know. <laughs> were you thinking that night that you were going to win, or did you think that were you worried that you were going to lose that night? No. After I, after I saw that I got rid of all that water, I'm like, okay, I'm back now. <laughs> so I should win this thing. But I, I still be getting pictures now. That morning, I was holding my water. But at night, you know, I was back to myself again, back to my normal self. But uh, it, it took, a, like I said, a whole lot of something, directs or something that he, uh, he gave me to get rid of all that water I had to drink, you know. But, you know, it worked. It got me back to uh, where I needed to be. So I'm thinking, you know, okay, I got a chance now. So that's and, why uh, you're asking me for water. Well, <laughs> well, and I know right after that, you remember what we talked about right after you won and we ended up getting, going back to the room and, and you wanted to always go, where did we go eat? Where do we always go eat after the Olympia? Same place, McDonald's. <laughs> that's, right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Because you see Ronnie, what people don't understand is it was a tradition that Ronnie always said, Hey, honey, make sure there's like 10 pizzas in the room. And you know, like for, for the family, cause, cause Ronnie's family's big. And then they would all come to the room and they would always have a prayer before prejudging. And then afterwards, they celebrate as a family. So they would, you know, Ronnie would do Dom Perignon and pizza. Yeah, 15 bottles. <laughs> right. And, and it, yeah, it, was it 15 bottles of Dom Perignon? Yeah. And you would do that. And then, and then next thing you know, you're asking me, hey, man, get ready to go. We got to go. Tell everybody about we got to go. I'm like, where do you want to go? And where did you want to go? <laughs> That's right. He always had a craving to go to McDonald's in the middle of the night uh, after he after the Olympia. Yeah, do I remember? Yeah, to the strip club. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who all went? <laughs> uh, it would be me, you, Alti, whoever I was dating at the time, <laughs> and then and then also the last year you won, we brought Phil with us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'd be my mom. Oh, that's right. Uh, and the whole rest of the family. My the whole family would meet us. <laughs> we ran yeah. with two two big stress limousines. That's right. That's and right. Every every time we walked out, the sun was coming up. <laughs> yeah, and I had, to do that. I had to do the seminar that same morning, so I, I would get no sleep. <laughs> like yes, yeah, I get to the room, I the change and go straight to the seminar. <laughs> you would go to the seminar. Yeah, I don't know how you do it, man. Like you were exhausted. I had too much adrenaline flowing. I couldn't sleep anyway. I, I could never sleep. I never slept after neither Olympia. I never slept. Every time I won, I had too much adrenaline flowing and I, I couldn't sleep. So I, 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 I do that same routine. And, you know, like I said, by the time we got to the strip club, the sun was coming up. So I had to go immediately to the room, change, and go straight to the uh, seminar. <laughs> every, every, Olympia, every Olympia that I won. Uh, did you yep. feel sleep after Olympia, you remember? Yeah, you know what? Phil, Phil would... Uh, okay, so the year that you... The last year you won, Phil came with us. And Phil was, Phil was kind of like is he really going to stay up all night? I'm like, dude, this is what he does. 
And he's and Phil said to me, he goes, well, what about his seminar? He's not going to go. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, well, what about the photo shoot he has to do after that? And he goes, yeah, he does that too. <laughs> he does. He don't care. Like he didn't. He was just kind of blown away because when we got no, we would walk out of the strip club at seven a.m. and Phil and Phil be like, why are you bringing your sunglasses? I said, you'll see. <laughs> Because you're going to need them later. <laughs> yep. <laughs> because in Vegas, it was so hot in Vegas. Exactly. That, yeah, it's so hot. Yeah. And we would walk out and it's so bright. And yeah, that sun hit you right in the face. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> Phil was just kind of blown away by the whole thing. And he's like, I think he's like, he saw the whole thing and he's like, man, this is cool. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Same routine every year. That's right. That's right. And did that even when I lost that year. Yep. <laughs> Get yep. the same one. Yep. And I think at the end of the day, what the cool thing was is that that the Olympias back then were, you know, a little bit later, they were like in October back then. Um, and then what we would do is we would always plan a trip because you talked me into going on a cruise because I'd never been on a cruise before. And you said, Hey bro, you know, you know, what you got to do is you got to shut it down. Cause you can't keep working like this. And I was, and I would call Ronnie and I would be complaining cause I was coming up and I was training people and, um, they would, I, somebody on getbig.com would say something about me and you're like, bro, worry when they don't talk about you. Don't worry about when they're talking shit. Talk, worry about when they stop talking about you. And, um, and he's a, and by the way, you need to take a break you need to come with me and we need to go on a cruise because like, get your girl. I'll get my girl. We're going to go on a cruise. And I'm like, man, I don't know if I trust those boats. And you're like, you're like, man, this is the, you know, this is the best thing ever. Yep. <laughs> and we went on that cruise. We went on a cruise right after you signed that BSN deal. And you said, go get the best room yep. <laughs> and, and get the best, get, get a great, like, get a you know great venue like we always do the eastern or the western caribbean sometimes the southern caribbean because we we've been on like well, i don't know like four four or five cruises together and and um and it was always a blast because we'd always go for a week and what ended up happening was like again i i had no idea what how good of a fun cruise is going to be and you said man don't don't get those regular rooms man get us some sweets <laughs> and i said okay well I'll, I'll get myself a suite um but in here and i was like i'll get a junior suite and i'm gonna get the the, the ronnie coleman suite for you and it, it and you ended up going remember how big that room was yeah biggest room ever <laughs> i didn't know cruise ships had rooms that big it had double doors. It was so big. <laughs> and when you go into it, it was like, like a, almost like an apartment. Yeah. Cause it had that big old front room, you know, living room, dining room area too. But they had a big screen TV in there, like a, like six to seven inch uh, TV. Yep. Back then, you know, the TV wasn't the wall TV. It was this big old blocky thing. <laughs> like yep. a, a giant monument or something. <laughs> so uh, then it had these three posts in there, in, inside the uh, in the room. They had these big old three posts in there. 
And then uh, hooked up to the TV was a big old sound system. And then you had this radio that, that was hooked up to the sound system. This big radio hooked up to the sound system. And then you go back to the next room and there was this big old bathroom. Like when I say big, it was huge. <laughs> and then you go to the next room and it was uh, the bedroom. Big bedroom. Not, not, not like those small <laughs> bedrooms you have on on like a like a like a junior suite. This was a huge bedroom with the, you know with like the king size bed and you know dresses, drawers, and all that kind of stuff in there, mirrors. And then uh, before you get to the to the bedroom, there was this big hallway, big huge hallway <laughs> that you go in that before you get to the bedroom. So this was by far the biggest room ever. It was like presidential type <laughs> suite yeah. or something. It had a piano. Hey, I haven't seen one like that. And you've been on a lot of cruises since then. You ever see a room like that? I go to cruise every year. <laughs> and nobody, I, well, that was Princess, wasn't it? I, yeah, yeah, I think so. It was it was Princess Cruise. We, we always do Carnival, you know, and uh, what's that other one? I forget the other name of the cruise ship. Royal Caribbean. And uh, they, they, neither one of them have that. Yeah. Well, it was what we ended up having that room and we ended up getting a really good deal on it because somebody ended up recognizing uh, when I, when I was holding the rooms and they're like, Oh, this is for Ronnie Coleman. Well, we're going to try to give him an uh, upgrade. I was like, awesome. Cause I, I took the junior suite right next to you. And then you're like, and you were like, I got this for this kind of price. And I said, yeah. And you're like, man, you got to book all the rooms. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that by far, like I said, that was the biggest room ever. I ain't never seen a room that, like I said, that had double doors and it's like an apartment, you know, especially with that, that, that big living room in there. And yeah, the piano, don't forget the piano. Yeah. It had the piano, sofa, uh, love seat. I mean, I mean, chair, chair, everything. I mean, this, this was like, like I said, like an apartment. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think I think Alti was trying to steal the faucet because it was made out of gold. <laughs> yeah, that, that 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 thing was super nice, super nice. Never <laughs> seen anything like that again. Well, that was, but that was what that taught me was that when you go out of your way and you accomplish something, you do something to be able to give yourself a reward whether it's getting a nice car, whether it's, you know, after winning the Olympia, we went and did that. And, um, I had a great year that year as well, you know, coming up and what was really, it really taught me that you have to take those breaks. And you also going back to the bodybuilding portion of it, people don't realize that you would take how many, how long after the Olympia did you stop training? About three months. I take three months off every year. Three months. After every Olympia. And that's no training at all, guys. None. No, no, no cardio, no nothing. And, you know, still kept my size and everything. But, uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't train or nothing. Didn't diet or nothing. Yep. Three months, guys. No training, no diet. He'd eat what he wanted to eat. I mean, you still eat pretty healthy, but you just would. Yeah, there's only so much junk food you can eat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, you buy bacteria. The regular stuff. 
Yeah, you do your. What was your favorite cheat meals? IHOP. You like to do your IHOP? No, back in those days, it was black eyed pea. I think. Well, I went there twice a day, and you know, I always had chicken, grilled chicken, with uh, <laughs> corn and red beans and rice, with a lot of cornbread. Right, and then at night it was it was always outback. Outback, yeah. Well, I had the the steak, the filet mignon with the French fries <laughs> and a baked potato and a baked potato. <laughs> yeah, but when you come to my house, well, you'd always want me to take you to the IHOP because they- yeah, I ate the IHOP for breakfast. But see, yeah. you know, when, when I was home, my mom would come by and cook my breakfast that morning: pancakes, oh. and, you know, eggs, and you know. Beef, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because your mom would come over, and when I would come over and stay at your house, she would bring over that hummingbird cake, and that hummingbird cake was the absolute best cake ever. And, um, I don't even, I still don't even know what the hell is in it, but I was trying to get it from Tina, your sister. I was like, what the hell, like, what, what, what what's in that? Because it was so amazing, but your mom would always knew that I, I liked it. So whenever I was staying at your house, she would always bring over that cake for us. Yeah. Yeah. That, that cake was, I mean, everything my mom made was off the chain though. <laughs> yeah. God bless her soul. Yeah. 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 But, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then on top of that, the biggest, uh, you know, other thing that I, w- I was blown away by was that when we would go all around the world, it didn't matter what time of day we would get somewhere. You'd always train. And uh, yeah, that was always we would, the first thing I did, actually. Yep. Literally getting off the plane. I got off the airplane, look for a gym. <laughs> always the first thing I did. Yeah. When we were travel. And what a lot of people might not know is the fact that when Ronnie da- signed the deal with BSN, uh, not six months, nine months afterwards, I started consulting for BSN and I would travel with Ronnie, you know, with you all around the world. So I would put an international tour together and I was consulting for BSN and we would go to Europe. We would go to uh, Brazil. We went to England we went all over. And the first thing that he would always want to do, you know, like it, we come off a 12 hour flight, 14 hour flight. It didn't even matter. Yeah. Straight to the gym. Straight to Straight the gym. To- always. <laughs> didn't even matter. And you remember, remember when we went to, uh, to Brazil and we had the bodyguard. <laughs> yeah. That was crazy. <laughs> yeah, we had we had we had some really really good times, but really nice, really nice. We we, ha- we had some good times out there. Oh yeah. <laughs> hey, one other thing I want to talk about is also like all the guys that you competed against, man. Like your relationship with Flex Wheeler that a lot of people I don't think know about, and I, I obviously there's a lot of information that I know just because we're close, but I don't think that people realize like how close you and Flex are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and Flex has always been pretty close. Uh, remember the first time I met him uh, back at the Nationals in 1990. You know, he was he was real cool, real real cool dude to me then. You know, I just met him, spoke to him. With, I didn't get a chance to talk to him, but he was. I just remember meeting him. He was real cool. And then uh, you know, of course, I turned pro first, and then. Uh, 
he turned pro like the next year. I think I turned pro in ninety one. He ninety one. He turned in ninety two or ninety three, somewhere in there. And I remember, uh, you know, I was doing real bad, you know, in a lot of shows. And Flex was winning every show he entered. I'm like, man, I need I need to go have a talk with this dude. See, you know, see what he was, see how he was winning all these shows. So that's what I did, you know. I just knocked on the door one night. We in in France, you know, during the Paris uh, Grand Prix or whatever. I'm like, dude, how are you winning all these shows? You know, and uh, I'm up here. I'm struggling. I'm getting fifth, sixth, seventh, just by every show. You getting first in every show you doing? He's like, well. Well, uh, if you want to be one of the big dogs, you got to get on the porch. I mean, I don't know. I'm like, what do you mean like that? He's like, uh, well, what are you taking, you know? I'm like, well, I'm taking, you know, a little vitamin A and B and C and D. He's like, no, dude. <laughs> He's like, that ain't going to cut it. He's like, you need to be on some, you know, vitamin K and uh, by the X and G, I'm like, well, dude, I, I can't get a hold of all that kind of stuff. Where'd I get all this stuff? Like, oh, I got somebody I could go with. I'm like, oh, okay. So he gave me the guy's name to call. And so I called the guy and he gave me everything Flex told me to take. And the next show I ended, I won. I'm like, man, I can't believe this dude gave me all this information, all this information like that. You know, and, and, and I mean, me and him doing the same thing, you know, and he got this competitive edge, but yet he's still willing to, you know, help me out. I'm like, I like okay, I, I really owe this dude, you know, a lot of a lot of gratitude. And then uh, i never forget, I was getting ready for the, the Olympia in 1998, and uh, I talked to Flex, you know, one day on the phone. I'm like, man, you, you still doing, still knocking, knocking them down over there, I see I'm like, uh, who are you, who you working with to help you do all your diet stuff? Because my guy is not that good. He's like, oh, I'm working with the guy named Chad Nichols. I'm like, Chad Nichols? I ain't never heard of him. He's like, uh, you need to call him. <laughs> I'm like, I do? He's like, yep, he'll help you get where you need to be. So I'm like, okay, well, give me his number. I'll call him. So Fred gave me his number. I called him, and he didn't even pick up the phone. And then I left a message. He didn't even call me back. So I'm waiting a couple of days, waiting on Chad's call. He never called me back. So I called Flex. I'm like, Flex, why you give me the dude's name and nothing and stuff? And he, he didn't call me. Didn't call me back or nothing. I thought that was a message. He's like, oh, man, you just need to call him again. He's just busy like that. So I called Chad, I, I called Chad that same day. And uh, this time I left, left, left a message, and he called me back later on that day. And uh, I like, hey man, I need you to help me uh, get ready for this. Uh, I had I had the Night of Champions in the Toronto Pro Show coming up that year. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, I, I help you with those. So I won both of those shows with his, with his, you know, his advice, you know, and everything. And then uh, like, well, I got a better plan for you for the Olympia, you know. You know I, the, the year before in '97, I got like ninth, you know. You know. Never placed in the top five or nothing. 
So they're like, well, I, I can get you there. I'm like, oh, okay. So he brought out this big old plan for me. I'll never forget it, man. He, he had me eating all this food, doing all this cardio. You know, I never did no more than like 45 minutes cardio a day. He had right. me doing two hours a day. Right. Eating like, he had me on, on 16 ounces of chicken. Well, I, I, I would normally like 10, you know, something like that. Mm -hmm. I'm like, man. I cannot eat all this food, but if he say that, you know, it's going to help me get where I need to be, I'm going to do it. And I was just stuffing myself, you know, even after I got full, I would, I would just keep eating. And man, I just put on so much size and I'm like, man, this dude was right. I'm like, I, I, I didn't know eating all this food could make you all get all this big. I thought it was from, you know, other stuff you had, you know, stuff you had to take to, to get, get big like that. But no, it was eating all that food, you know. And I was eat, I went from eating like five times a day to eat six times. And just that one meal made the biggest difference ever. Well, you also increased your amount of food too per meal. Yeah, yeah. I was eating, um, like I said, 10 ounces in, in, uh, uh, of chicken and like, you know, like maybe 12 ounce potato or something like that. Well, he kind of like doubled all that stuff. And I put on a lot of sides and everything. Got harder, you know. Because like I said, I was just doing only like 40 miles, 45 minutes of cardio a day. He had me doing two hours. And I'm like, whoa, that's a lot of cardio. <laughs> yeah. I, I did it and I ate all that food. And, man, you know, it was hard when I first started. Like the first four or five weeks, I mean, I caught hell stuffing Woo! myself. But after that, you know, my body kind of got used to it and I was able to do it. But it, it was real hard in the beginning. Yeah. And uh, I went to the Olympia and won, you know, all because of Flex, you know, hooking me up with this dude. I'm like, oh, man, I will, I will just do everything. <laughs> well, I know you helped him out, too, when he was having some problems. I know you helped him oh, out, yeah, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't hesitate when he was having problems. He came to me and said, hey, man, I need you to co-sign with this car. I'm like, dude, no problem. <laughs> just come on down and... And we'll get it done. So, you know, he did and I did. And, and uh, you know, we've been tight ever since. You know, I know. Ever since. Yeah. Same, same kind of story with Kevin Lavrone to a degree. I remember that whole situation where you guys were in Russia and he was, you know, and you were trying to figure out how to dry out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the 97. Yeah. Late, uh, late 97. We had seven shows in 11 days. You know, I'm getting my book kicked. I'm getting like fourth, fifth, and sixth every show. And Kevin is winning every show. And I'm like, man, I need to do what I did to Flex. I need to, I need to do that with Kevin. <laughs> so one night I just went to Kevin's room like, hey, man, what are you doing to win all these shows like this? I'm, I'm getting my book whooped every night. You just win them like, they ain't, like it ain't nothing. You know I mean, you won six shows in a row. And uh, I only got like fourth, fifth, and sixth every show, you know, because, you know, it'd be different dudes every city we went to. So Kevin, like, man, you want to know what I'm doing? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, dude. So he took me over to the coffee maker. Uh, he had his room and he poured me a cup of coffee from the coffee maker. I'm like, oh, okay, I like coffee. I can drink coffee. But then he, he grabbed a a, a bottle of vodka out of the refrigerator. What the hell are going to do with that vodka? This is in the hotel room. The vodka and the coffee. I, I, I never in my whole life 
drink vodka, you know, you know, I, I don't drink beer. <laughs> I don't drink vodka. I don't drink. I, I didn't even drink at all back in those days. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. You know, and, uh, he, he trying to get me to drink this vodka. I'm like, dude, I ain't, I, I can't drink. I ain't never drank before. <laughs> like, oh man, you want to know what I'm doing? Well, this is what I'm doing. And I thought to myself, I'm like, well, if it worked for him, it got to work for me. <laughs> so I took it, man. I drank that whole cup, and I think I drank a couple more after that. I went, I, I went to the room feeling kind of good. <laughs> went to sleep. You know, I, I think I woke up probably like every hour on the hour going to the bathroom, though. But I woke up that next morning, man, I looked, I looked pretty good. I went to the show and beat Kevin. <laughs> so the night before the show, he told you to drink vodka and coffee. Yeah. And how, how the little those little vodkas in the hotel room? Bottles, yeah. Not 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 a big, you know. Yeah, yeah. Not 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 a big bottle, but just the, the little ones that are in the hotel room in the, in the little fridge. Yeah, in the in the uh, in that snack bar. How many of those? How many of those do you think you drank? Shoot, maybe about three or four. Three or four with how much coffee? Shoot, about three or four cups. And then you went to bed. And you went to bed. Yeah, well, went, went to bed. Like I said, people was going to the bathroom just about every hour. <laughs> then you woke up and you won. Well, the next morning, I, I looked pretty good. I was shredded. Well, for you to beat Kevin. No, and beat Kevin, huh? Ke- was Kevin second? Kevin was second, yeah. He had won oh, six in a row. And this would have been, he would, he, would, he, would, he would broke some kind of record, you know, with seven shows in a row, you know, seven first place. Because, uh, you know, nobody never won seven in a row like that. Because uh, we did this tour every year, you know. Every year, you know, like that, like six, seven shows on the tour. You know, it was easy money, you know. You go to show. And uh, it was after the Olympia, too, you know. So you're still in good shape, you know. you just just making extra money. Well, like I said, nobody never won seven, you know, like that before. But Kevin, he – uh. He would have won seventy had he not told me <laughs> to drink that coffee and that vodka. Cause I was like I said, I was getting like six, I mean fifth and six. Every now and then I get like a fourth place. But I I I, I man, I could not get my body to get rid of no water or nothing because I did the Olympia and I was just holding all this water and I couldn't get rid of it for nothing. No, no, no matter how many directs or what I took, it it, it just wasn't working. Kevin was like, man, drink this vodka and this coffee and you get rid of it. And I did. And shoot, like I said, I woke up that next morning, man. I was shredded. And that day, did he ever beat you after that? I don't think he ever beat me again after that. I think he beat me at one show, maybe. Because I remember uh, we had like a show in San Francisco uh, the next year. And uh, he beat me. And then... Uh, the next show, I beat him. So that's when I started working with Chad, you know. Uh-huh. And uh, Chad was working with me for that show, and he worked with me for the uh, Night of Champion and then the Olympia. And you started winning everything after uh, that. Then, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. So the story goes, God, we got to ask Kevin, man. we got to get Kevin on here. we got to ask him. Kevin, tell you the story. I don't, I don't remember how much I drank. I know it was a lot, you know, because he kept giving me. Drink, drink, and say, this, this, this is what you got to do to win. I'm like, okay, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So he was sponsored by by Grey Goose. I wanted to do better because, <laughs> like I said, he would have broke a record had he won uh, won that seven one. You know, but uh, yeah, a, yeah. Man, Kevin been real close after that. Man, all the guys were pretty cool back in those days. I hear they they're not like that now. You know, right? All, all this animosity between one another. You know, everybody was everybody was real friendly back then. You know, we, we everybody tried to help everybody. I remember we'd be on tours and stuff, mm-hmm. and and guys would we would go to their hometown. They would cook food for us, man. They would take us to their gym. They'd be in the show, you know, and they would cook food for us. They wow. would let us work out at their gym. They they do everything they could for you, and and that's how we survived back in those days. Everybody helped everybody out. You know, it was a lot of camaraderie. camaraderie between competitors, you well, know, those tours were great because like you would do, judging, you know, they going to pick the best guy, you know, right. And it's up to us to do the best we could. And back then with those tours, you would do like seven or 10 shows or like that all within like two weeks, right? Two weeks. Yeah. It, it, no, seven shows in 11 days. It's less than two weeks. Wow. Think yeah, about that. Seven guys. shows in eleven days. It was grueling. And you take the bus? The last I was my body was so exhausted those last like three shows. Mm-hmm. I didn't sleep. I was so exhausted. I could not I could not get my body to fall asleep until I drank that vodka. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's that's a lot of trap. You call you you're doing a show, you know. You're jet lagged. Your room. You eat, you get a chance to eat, and you got to get on the plane in like three hours. So you get like two hours sleep. And it was like that show after show after show. So it was show back to back. And then right. you have like a day in between, like after, after you did like three shows, you have one day to rest or whatever. And then, it, you know, back to back again. And then maybe a day to rest. And then back to back. Ooh, it was rough, man. Well, <laughs> like you guys. Those last three days. I, I didn't know that, you know, your body could get so exhausted where it couldn't sleep until, you know, I, I did the, the European tour. Well, you got- I could not fall asleep. I was so exhausted. I mean, most people only like to do one or two shows a year now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, one seven, you know, in, in 11 days, shoot. <laughs> yeah. By the and- time they got to that third show, they'd be done. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we got four, five more shows to do, dude. Where you going? <laughs> I'm going home. <laughs> yeah, they'd be done. Trust me. It was rough, man. It, I ain't gonna lie to you. It was rough. It was rough on me. So I know with these proper guys that get these, these group of guys that got now, shoot, no, they couldn't do nothing like that. What do you think about these guys now? Like, I mean, with social media and everything else, what are your thoughts? Because I know that, you know. You- man, like I told you, there's no camaraderie or nothing hard. They don't seem like, you know, don't seem like nobody's really hungry, you know. They don't seem mm-hmm. like nobody's really, like we were, we were, we, man, we were hungry back in the day. I mean, everybody was hard and everybody was focused and determined and dedicated. These guys seem like they get to the show and they just whatever you know. We 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 good enough to to do the show, you know. And I just don't seem like they like hungry and dedicated. 
like we were. And, and uh, they don't seem like they get as hard as, hard as we were either, you know, all because of that. And, uh, and I, I guess, you know, it's like one guy see another guy looking, you know, uh, his, his best, and he's like, well, that's the best he's going to look. This is the best I'm going to look, too. So everybody's like the same, almost the same condition. Right. And the condition is not that good. <laughs> <laughs> not good at all. Well, you just think that it's just because they're cheating on their diet or just don't want to do the extra cardio or a little bit of all of it? All of it. Everything you just said, they're doing a little bit of everything. Not doing a little bit of everything. Cutting corners. Huh? A lot of them cutting corners. They're just trying to find the easy way out. Not not being as focused as they need to be. Not being as determined as they need to be. All that kind of stuff. You know, back in the day, you know, I think everybody trained harder. Everybody dieted harder, too. Because mm-hmm. everybody knew what they were going to be up against, you know. Yep. Everybody wanted to win, you know. So, you know, you were trying to outwork the next guy. Uh, and then you were trying to outdiet the next guy. You know, you were trying to be on a harder, uh, better diet or whatever. So everybody got in real good condition, you know. And they made it real hard on the judges, too. <laughs> so everybody was looking good, you know. Yeah. Yep. But uh, now they don't seem like they, they have that fire that we had back in those days. And, like, they just doing enough to get by, you know, doing enough to to uh, be up there and compete. Right. But, you know, I guess it's their era, you know. Everybody got their own area, uh, how they want to look and how they want to do, you know. But so if everybody's doing the same thing, it's just, it's just what it is now, you know. Now maybe one one guy be in shape. <laughs> the other one just be halfway decent, <laughs> you know. But uh, like I said, but this is their era, you know. This is the era that they, they have established for themselves and – that's where I look like that's where everybody's gonna be. Well, if you had to give anybody advice right now and they're coming up in the sport or they're actually been in the sport, what would it be? Yeah, I mean shoot. Yeah, well, I couldn't give nobody that no advice because they, they ain't gonna do what I tell them to do. <laughs> like I said, you know, everybody's always saying they don't want to. They don't want to be like me, not not being able to walk and and, and being in all this pain and stuff. So <laughs> they ain't gonna do what I tell them to do. So I, I ain't no really no advice I can give them because you know back like I said back in the day, you know I went to the gym and I worked hard. I hit hard. I went to the gym like you know I was going to war or something. <laughs> well, and uh, you know. It was of course, you know, everybody think that, you know, all my injuries were from uh, bodybuilding, but they're not. They're from when I played football and when I was on the powerlifting team back in the day. I hurt my back real bad one time uh, in a powerlifting meet back when I was in high school. You know, I was just learning how to squat. And, and I, didn't, I didn't know to keep my back straight and I bent it. 
and I heard something pop in there, and I'm like, oh, man, that hurt. You know, but, you know, as a kid, you just keep going. Mm-hmm. And then one day, I remember I was playing football, and I hit somebody the wrong way, and I heard a loud pop. Like, oh, man, that hurt bad. But I went, at least on, this time I went to the doctor. <laughs> and I went, and, uh, you know, they took all these x-rays. Oh, we don't see nothing, you know. And, uh, you know, I just kept playing on it, you know. And uh, then uh, I think I got it. I mean, I got it. Yeah, I did herniate a disc one time, uh, getting ready for the Arnold Classic in, in 97. And, uh, you know, I just, I just kept going with that one, too. And now, just after a while, you know, all these injuries and stuff and all this powerlifting team, football. I played football college four years, high school three years, then, you know, the junior high and all that stuff. And, you know, everything just catches up with you after a while. And then, uh, you know, have to get a surgery. Then that, that surgery caused you to get another surgery. And it's just a succession of surgeries from, you know, with all those discs just once you pull one out, they all fall pretty much is what happens. But everybody think it was because, you know, I, I went real hard in the gym and lifted all that heavy weight. But you see, you look, look back, you know, that's been powerlifted way more than what I lifted back in the day. You know, my little 800-pound stuff reps, Ain't nothing to this compared to these thousands of pounds they did lifting and squatting today. Shoot, and shoot, they ain't they 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 not all laid up and had thousands of surgeries. You know, I I just put my body through a lot over the years. You know, with like I said, with, with football and powerlifting and all this other stuff that I've done, and, and they just caught up with me. And that's all it is. It ain't it ain't just one thing. It's it's a totality of things. Yeah, well, and you, you had that mindset too, like you. I think you said '97 when you had felt that shotgun go off when you're back. Yeah, that loud pop. Yep, that loud pop. Yeah, I remember you telling me working out. Yeah, yep. I kept working out, and uh, I never got surgery or nothing from that. You know, I I go to chiropractor, you know, and get. But I've been going to chiropractor since uh, college. You know. I started going that when when I was in college and went every day and uh, never stopped. So when I had uh, had the herniated disc, you know, getting ready for the Arnold, I kept training, kept training right through it. Well, you also were very very flexible, like a lot of people don't realize. From football, because we stretched every single day, every yes. day we stretched. Yeah. For like you know about thirty five forty minutes a day, we were stretching. So I just kept stretching, you know, when I got out of college, you know, so that made me real flexible. Yeah. Well, you were really good at doing that. You're really good at, you know, like even in the beginning of the workouts, you would always train your abs um, and you'd always get muscle therapy. You were always getting massage. You were, I mean, I'm talking two, three hour massages, you know? Yep. 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 Two hour massages. Yep. And I was doing this two, three times a week. Yep. Yep. And you were really on top of that. I think you were one of the first guys and that also helped you a lot with your recovery at the time. A whole lot. Well, they would put me on these uh, machines uh, called this, this, this stretching machine where they pull your disc apart. Mm-hmm. Yep. Called decompression. This yep. decompression, pull mm-hmm. your disc apart, you know, so you get more, uh, you get more room so that the discs have 
fluid in between. So, so yeah. So it kept it real good. Uh, once I quit getting all that disc decompression stuff, that's when my disc start going bad on me. Right. I'll never forget it. And right now, it's not something you can not possibly do right now, right? It's a little too far gone with all the... Uh, once once you uh, have that herniated disc, you can't do it no more. Well, you once you had that surgery, you can't do it no more. Because they've... Uh, fused it? Fused them, yeah. All, all my discs are fused. All of them. My neck, all the way down to, you know, my lower spine. Yeah, because when you were on top of your therapy, I think that's probably, like you said, um, constantly being in therapy probably helped you get as far as you did. Mm-hmm, yep, and it did. Competing actually probably helped it from this all from happening, uh, happening earlier. Yeah, working out every day. I, I, that's how, you know, I, I got my strength back I stayed in the gym. Right. You know, I, I worked my way back to, you know. Well, and you came back and then you broke, you broke the, the, those, those big screws, even though when you came back after the first set of surgeries, then you called me and you said, I broke the screws because you, because the screws weren't strong enough. Yeah. And then they, they ended One up breaking. Time they uh, put those screws in <clears throat> I went to my room and the nurse said, uh, I need to check your bandage. I just got out of the recovery. She said, I need to check your bandage because you just got out of recovery and I don't I, I make sure, you know, there's not a lot of blood in there. So she had me bend over. As soon as I bent over, they, they broke. The screws in your back. And, and the screws in my back broke because I heard a loud pop. <laughs> and when it popped, it like shattered my spine. Twice, because when I when I when I bent over, it popped, and when I bent back the other way, it popped again. So I, I broke two screws by just bending over. That's how weak those screws were. I guess that's how <laughs> strong my back was too. <laughs> broke two and screws just like from from bending over. And then you had to put new ones back in. Yep. I put new ones back in right away. I had surgeries a week, uh, uh, another week later. Wow. <laughs> back to back, just like that. Well, that happened like three times that year. Well, you know what? That all said and done, I'm, I'm hoping that this next set of this the stem cell, um, you know, getting that treatment can get you a little bit of that pain uh, relief. Because I, you know, I know how bad it is just from us talking and you saying that it's just gotten to the point where you're getting the numbness and the pain. It's just, it's getting progressively worse. The numbness is starting to hurt, you know, after a while, you know, you, your, your foot is so, your feet, your feet are so numb when you push down on like the gas pedal or the brake, that's painful. Wow. <laughs> that's painful right there. So, yeah. So I'm hoping, you know. This stem cell do a whole lot for me. They said they're going to put the most that they've ever gave, given anybody, like like 30 cc's or something like that. It's, it's, a, it's a lot. They're going to put so much in me that they're going to have to put me to sleep to do it. And when's this going to happen? Oh, they're going to do it next week. Next week. Mm-hmm. Next Friday is what he was saying. So I'm looking forward to it, and I'm really hoping it help out a whole lot. Well, we're all hoping so, man, because um, I know you and I have a date 
in the Middle East because a lot of our distributors, because with your nutrition company and my nutrition company, we're getting a lot of requests that we've put off and we need to get back to work. And I know you were in Algeria. You're talking about how great that was. You out in Dubai, you're out in all these different places. And I, I, you know, getting around must be really difficult right now. So, you know, just, you know, using your walker or using your crutches, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Crutches in my wheelchair. Right. Uh, right. I got this motorized wheelchair from these, uh, this company out in uh, the, what was that? Uh, Singapore. And uh, it's, it's been helping a lot. And this thing is off the chain. It's, it goes about five miles an hour. It weighs uh, 45 pounds and you can fold it up. Wow. So when I get on the plane, all I got to do just ride it down there to the, we get on, fold it up, and they put it under the plane. When I get off, it's right there waiting for me. So that's one of the, one of the best things that ever happened to me. You know, I can take this thing anywhere I go. Like I went to the doctor the other day, you know, 45 pounds ain't nothing for somebody like me. So I can just pick this thing up out of, the, out of my Escalade, out of the back of my Escalade, unfold it, and and just be on my way, and uh, and I get places faster than they do than I do when I use my crutches. So it take me like normally it take me ten minutes to get to the doctor's office from my car. When this wheelchair it takes about five. And you don't have to when you travel. You can you travel alone now? Like if you if everything opens back I up. Like I, I I take this wheelchair everywhere. Okay. This forty five pounds. I ride it down there to the <clears throat> where you get to the gate. Where you get on the plane mm -hmm. and I fold it up and they put it under the plane right there. Sometimes I can put it on the plane. Sometimes some planes are so big, like on those international flights, and they have those big planes. They can put it right there uh, in the closet. Oh, I've wow. done that a couple of times, but they just put it right there in the closet and shoot. When I get off, <laughs> when the plane lands, I got the wheelchair right there waiting on me. That's perfect. Yeah. Uh huh. So, yeah. Well, this thing is, this wheelchair is coming real handy, real handy. And so, uh, it's it, five miles an hour, and it, it, it gets up and go. <laughs> now, they, like, they, they, they get ready to make one that goes 10 miles an hour next, it, but it weighs 70 pounds. 70 pounds, and 70, 40, well, I mean, it's a big difference. <laughs> that's like a Rolls Royce. Yeah, yeah, like a Rolls Royce. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's awesome, man. I'm glad that, that, that you're still super positive because I think that's the biggest thing. When they watch the movie, the Generation Iron movie, The King, and they see... Oh, yeah. I was in a lot of pain in that movie. A whole lot. I could barely walk with crutches at, at that time, you know, because I just, just come out of surgery. Right. And I was still uh, doing therapy and stuff around that time, you know. So it was, it was real bad when I was doing that, when I was doing the documentary. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I th they, they did that thing over, you know, almost two years or whatever. So it took a long time. So I, I was better at sometimes, sometimes, you know, I just got out of surgery. So, uh, you know, sometimes it was good. And then other times it was kind of, kind of bad. Well, we know that it, all in all, people saw how strong your fortitude is and how you act like you don't, everyone's just blown away. Everyone's like, well, why, 
how, he, why would he do it again? And I'm like, cause he's not a victim. He, I'm sorry, but he doesn't come from that. you know, he's not, he's not that victim. He's not going to, he would do the whole thing over again. And again, because I know you so well, it's not even, you can't even make this kind of shit up. It's true. This is how you are. Exactly. I'm doing what I love to do every day. Work out. <laughs> it's always been my hobby. You know, since I was 12 years old, you know, and uh, it's probably going to be something I do till the day I die. I'm, 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 I'm quite sure it's going to be something I do, you know, until the day I die. Well, and I might even die in the gym. <laughs> <laughs> Working out. Yeah, shoot, I had a buddy of mine did that. He had a heart attack or whatever. Well, I know you take good care of yourself because you check your blood work. Yeah, yeah, I, I still do that. I still do that. You know what I mean? You know, you have to have all those surgeries, you know? Yep. But when you're in the hospital, they take your blood work every single day. <laughs> and then my last surgery, I was in there for two weeks. Imagine them coming there, poking you every night for two weeks. Like, man, not again. Yep, again. Like, oh, man. Can't wait to get out of here. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I, I'm still doing pretty good. Still eating good, you know. Still on my diet. Uh, don't go to McDonald's no more. <laughs> but I take the kids every day. But I cannot. It, it's it's so it's so amazing that back you know back in the day when I was competing, I could eat that food. But now uh -huh. I'm not competing, and I hate it. I, I I will not eat at McDonald's for nothing. Burger King, none of those places. Does it just make you feel like shit because of all? No, I just I just don't like it. You know, I think I just ate too much of it. You're sick of it. Yeah, I'm I'm just I'm yeah I'm done with it. I hate pizza, I hate burgers, all that. <laughs> what do you eat now? I eat the same food every day. I get up, have my protein shake, I have my grits, I have my chicken and rice after that. Then I have my steak and baked potato. That's simple. That's it. Yeah, that's simple. That's awesome. That's awesome. Day, eat my little three, four meals a day, and that's it. Well, you well, see six. <laughs> and now you're training how many days a week? Six. Yeah, Monday. Same when the same as when I was competing. I trained six days a week when I was competing, so I, I still train six days a week. Oh man, yeah. that's every day except for Sunday. <laughs> well, I want to, I want to, I want to say thank you, man. I really appreciate you taking the time because, again, um, this is something that you, you're busy. You got these kids, and every time I talk to yeah, you, you, you got jumping on me every five minutes here. They ready to go. <laughs> yeah. They ready to go and you know McDonald's, and you know, I take them get snow cones and stuff too. So they always were ready to go somewhere. <laughs> well, hey man, and I heard. Hey, by by the way, is there is it true that a lot of these people are moving to your neck of the woods? Because I keep hearing about all these people from California and from the Northeast that are moving to Texas. Have you started seeing that yet? Uh, well, I, um, a drift has, has uh, been been coming to the house, working out. You know, during the pandemic. Uh huh. Uh. I hadn't seen nobody else. Uh, Dries been it moved here, and uh, that's that's it. As far as I know, I I ain't seen nobody else. My the Dries that I used to train, 
Yeah, 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 yeah. The one you used to work with. Yeah, the one, the one that you won the USA with me. Yeah, yeah, he won you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He trains here. Uh, awesome. He comes like three, four days a week. He, he awesome. got some clients to train here also. That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We got a lot of people from California moving there, man. He's the only one I've seen so far. Got it. Yeah, I, you know, like I said, I know a lot of people that moved out there, man. So, final thoughts on this election that's coming up. I want to hear what your thoughts are. On what, what's the election? The the election. The election oh, the coming election. up. Yeah. Oh man, shoot! I I ain't got no problem with the guy in there now. So, like I said, I I, I got ten the other day. Uh, the economy is doing good. I'm doing good. I ain't got no complaints. So you know, uh, I, I'm just I I just hope it stays the same. We can ride this thing out another four years with this good economy during this pandemic and stuff. So, uh, uh I, I'm just looking for the thing staying the same. Is what, what all I'm trying to say. Okay. So, if, if the same guy gets elected. It's all, it's all good with me. <laughs> oh, no problems whatsoever. You, you know, I don't like the guy, nothing like that, but he's doing good for the country and, and, the, and the economy. So, hey, let, let's, keep it, let's, let's keep it like that. <laughs> well, keep this thing going good, you know, the way it is. You know, he can tell all the lies and stuff he wants to, as long as he keep that economy right. <laughs> I can feed all these kids here. Uh, I ain't got no problems. <laughs> hey man, you owe, this is about one thing about you. This this podcast is called the truth, and you like you tell the truth, brother. <laughs> this is how you feel about it. Is exactly how it is. I could always tell. <laughs> you know me. You know me. Uh, probably half of my life, shoot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I tell it like it is. You know, I, I tell the truth. I don't have. I don't have it. <laughs> no, you don't, man. I, again, I appreciate, I appreciate you so much, man, because I know, like I said, you got so much stuff going on and, and, uh, you know, we talked about, you know, the old days with Kevin, with flex, with all of the things that are going on. We have so many other stories. We got to, next time we got to talk about how I got stuck in the trunk of the X five with Scott James. Remember that? You only told half the story now. Don't, don't forget about that watch, you know, that you, uh, <sighs> Help me get. They wanted. They wanted what? Tell us fifty-five, sixty thousand. I think. I think they were asking sixty thousand for it. Yeah, and you got it down to thirty something thousand. Thirty. <laughs> I'm on. Yeah. And I took it home and lost it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't believe you got such a good memory. That was a uh, Ruba. They need to hear the story from the beginning, though. Yeah, yeah. We got to tell that story next time. So we we got. Between that, you know, they, they ain't heard about. <laughs> we got to tell that story. We got to tell the story about uh, the time where you and I had the ping pong championships on the on on the cruise ship. Actually, I'm going to tell that one real quick because this one is actually kind of it, it won't take long. When Ronnie and I would go, Ronnie is a great athlete, but at 310 pounds, we're on the cruise ship one year, and he says to me. Hey, bro, you know, I'm going to do my Ronnie Coleman accent right now. Okay. I'm going to be like, Hey dude, uh, let's play some ping pong. And I was like, man, you're too big. You can't play no ping pong. And you're I'm like, you're like, dude, you know, I'm like a ping pong champion. Right. And I was like, dude, this guy, I mean, yeah, you're the best bodybuilder in the world. Yeah. You can lift up like crazy weight. And, um, but 
dude, you're too big to be good at ping pong. And I, I thought he was kidding. And he's like, no, man, go grab the paddle. Let's do this right now. So we're on the ship and we're on our way to, I think, Honduras uh, from, from wherever port we're at. And Ronnie turns around to me and he's like, okay, dude, I ain't going to come. I'm not going to like hold back. So d- be ready. And this guy became like, have you ever seen those Chinese champions of ping pong? That's what Ronnie became. He was sitting there playing this, but he's 310 pounds and going crazy playing ping pong. And I'm watching this thing going, this dude is a ping pong champion. I mean, you whoop my ass, bro. And I couldn't believe the agility. Um, Cause you know, you're a linebacker at Grambling and you, you're, you're, you know, you don't get to test that dexterity or any of that. And you crushed it. And I'm just sitting there and I don't remember, man, you like doubled our score and my score. And then, um, that, that, that was crazy. And then I was so thirsty that I drank all that lemonade. Remember on, on, on the cruise ship, I drank all the lemonade, got the worst heartburn ever. The next day we get to Honduras and literally get off the ship and I'm going to go try to find some Zantac or something, um, which don't take that stuff now because that stuff's all cancerous. But I was taking it with Pepsid. I was looking for antacid because they didn't have very much on the ship. They had just some Tums and that didn't work. And I had drank so much of this stuff after getting my ass beat by Ronnie on ping pong. that He goes, no, man, I'm going to come with you. I said, well, I got to go to the pharmacy. You just stay on the ship with the girls and I'm going to go. And we went there and remember it was raining and you bought an umbrella. Bought an umbrella <laughs> out the street. Yep. <laughs> and we, there was dogs and there was chickens and there was all kinds of shit. And literally the first like hundred feet was paved. And then after that, it was just muddy streets and we got a cab and I was like, Hola, you know, and I was like trying to speak my broken Spanish and you had a little bit of, 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 of Spanish. And we, I'm like, we need to go to the, the, the La Pharmacia. And so we went to the, they took us to a hospital, like a hospital pharmacy kind of thing. And, and I said, I asked the pharmacist comes out and he looks at me and he looks at you. And I was like trying to figure out the words for antacid. And the guy comes over with a bottle, like five bottles of testosterone. And he's like, I know what you need. <laughs> I was and I was like, no, man, I need some antacid. I need some like Pepsid. Uh, but I'll never forget that because he was like, no, 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 anabolicos. And I'm like, no, no, I'm here for antacid, not anabolicos. Because <laughs> they took one look at you and they were like, what? But um, I'll never forget that, man. So I got first I got my ass beat at ping pong. And then we went on a scavenger hunt looking for, you know, antacid in Honduras the next day. <laughs> That's so crazy. That that was that was the best times, man. That was the best times. But we got we got a lot of stories. We'll talk about we'll talk about the next time. We'll talk about uh the watch. We'll talk about how you got drunk for the first time and uh when we were at the casino and what what happened and when those guys were all trying to oh man, we have a lot of really good stories, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll keep that one for next time. But again, thank you, brother. I really appreciate you. Um, and, uh, you know, just 
best way to get a hold of you, bro, just on your website. And I know you just came out with your clothing, some new updated clothing. You want to, you want to go ahead and, and talk about that? Is that, is that on your website or is that on IG? How do they get a hold of your new clothing? Uh, it's all on my website, BrianColeman.net. Okay. About everything there, you know, got the submit line, you know, 30 some products. And they got the clothing line. We got like, uh, like 10, 15 items we started out with, you know, and we're going to add on to it from there. You know, I got, and I got the book, you know, amazon.com for that, you know. Awesome. Well, you got everything on there, man. Well, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. I'm Hani Rambod. I'm with the GOAT eight-time Mr. Olympia, Ronnie Coleman, and that's the truth. Yeah, buddy.